Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are breaking through Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kestra Dorowski. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And we are again joined by Joe Dorowski from Family and the Protagonist Podcast. Three days in a row. <laughs> not, not too difficult for you. <laughs> How long is the streak going to last, listeners? How long will it last? <laughs> I wonder. Today we are discussing Minute 28, which begins with waves breaking on the rock Ariel is perched upon as she finishes singing World. It takes her a little while. It takes a little while to get through that. (laughs) Like you say, like, like, oh, she holds it for for a bit across the last minute and into this one at least 10 10 seconds seconds or so. Yes. And this minute ends with Ariel's sister, Atina, saying, what is with her lately? This minute, minute 28, features Flotsam and Jetsam appearing at the beach. Ursula starting to come up with a plan to add Ariel to her garden. And Ariel's sister staring at Ariel... Um, who has been acting strangely, according to them. So I know you listed everything that happened in this minute just now, but I really only remember Ursula in this minute. She takes over this film when she's on screen, doesn't she? Definitely. Yes, yes. But before we get to Ursula, <laughs> we, we do have Ariel still. <laughs> yes, yeah, still holding that note. <laughs> yeah, and, and she finishes her note after 10 plus seconds. And she kind of stops her cobra pose and sings relaxes. and relaxes. It, it like I don't know how to ex- describe her pose. Serpentine. Yeah, serpentine. And that pose is very, very similar to a statue that is in Copenhagen, De- Denmark, which is the birth or the I don't know if it's the birthplace but it was at least the home of Hans Christian Andersen for a while and that statue is called the little mermaid and I have some notes about the statue the statue was commissioned in 1909 by Carl Jacobson and it was created by Edvard Eriksson the model was Ellen Price and the statue was unveiled in August of 19 19- 13, and it weighs 175 kilograms or 385 pounds. It is 4.1 feet tall. So no one's walking off with that statue. No. No. Because it's it's 300 pounds in the harbor. <laughs> so you'd have to have a large boat to try and even... Yeah. Oh, now I want that heist film, though. <laughs> but this moment was created... To kind of represent that statue. Okay, it's it is homage. a it is a big tourist destination. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't think you'd see it because there's people always watching it. But speaking of Copenhagen, I wanted to say a fact about Copenhagen, and they had and their response to the Little Mermaid film when it came out. It was quite negative, wasn't it? It was a very negative response. Have they since backpedaled a little? I think so. But is Copenhagen one? Like, do they just there's one voice (laughs) that comes out from Copenhagen? (laughs) I think Denmark has a royal family. Yes. So they they get to speak for the people. Okay. But 
I'm going to get to the royal family in just a minute, but the Copenhagen had a negative response to Little Mermaid, mostly because of the dif- the differences from the original story, which up to this point haven't been... Egregious. Right. But it does get yeah. <laughs> um, different. It doesn't end in death and despair and I'll just say there's no like tragedy child standing over a prince ready to stab him so she can drip his blood on her feet right mm-hmm. that that doesn't happen in this one um no turning into sea foam yeah no no real discussion about whether or not mermaids have souls uh, yeah that's pretty prominent in the original yeah okay we're going to say it like Hans Christian Andersen wrote some dark tragic stuff i i mean he is noted as a fairy tale writer not a lot of happily ever afters. It's much more of the the grim style of fairy tale storytelling. But the grim style and then always, they'll often always had had the a... heroes prosper and the villains have the grim ending. Yeah. Hans Christian Andersen's like, the heroes died. I think one of the worst jobs in literature would be protagonist of Hans Christian Andersen's short story. Like when they're, when they're handing out jobs, like don't volunteer for that one. <laughs> if you're in the world. It or... starts rough. It probably ends rough. Yeah. I mean, Little Match Girl starts with a... With a poor freezing or, freezing orphan girl trying to sell matches. It ends with a dead freezing orphan girl who did Sad. not sell matches. Sad. But with all those tragedies, the Queen of Denmark, Queen Margaret II, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's how it's spelled or how it's pronounced. Queen Margaret II it could of be Denmark. Like Marguerite. Yeah. Uh, or Margaret or I don't know. But she said she she liked the film a lot, and she said Anderson didn't know how to end his stories anyway. <laughs> so Copenhagen said no. The Queen said it's good. Yep, and Hans may- had some may- issues. Maybe a better ending. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So I guess I guess Copenhagen has its own voice, and then the royal family has their say. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really curious, like who spoke for Copenhagen? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but that is the the uh, that's the shot that um, Flotsam and Jetsam swim up and they project to Ursula. Which again, we don't have any explanation for how this projection works, but it's it's good magic, and we don't ask the question. When it comes to Ursula, we we don't really ask a lot of questions. She's a sea witch, and she's fabulous. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and over yes. overpowering, as you said, Joseph. She is all consuming when she's. Yeah. When she's on screen, when she's in this movie, it's her movie. Remind me the name of the voice actress. Pat Carroll. Well done. Pat Carroll. Like yes. this. There were other people considered, but they settled on Pat. Mm-hmm. Some some people just didn't seem right. Some people didn't work well with with ha- Howard, Howard Ashman. Ashman. He may have been a little bit problematic to work with, but... <laughs> no one else could quite get the body language <laughs> delivery exactly as she does it. And when we get to Poor Unfortunate Souls, I'm going to talk about how oh Howard Ashman like influenced Pat Carroll's performance. Poor Unfortunate Souls is something we're very much looking forward to. It's an amazing song. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. So, speaking of Ursula... Mm-hmm. In terms of establishing villainy, let's just talk about her garden for a moment. That garden, <laughs> she calls it a garden. I don't know what they're supposed to be. I don't know if there's an analog Maybe, in nature. Oh, like, like I, know, for, I know what they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, Story-wise. What are they? I can't spoil. <laughs> um, but... I we we, I we joked. What, like, I was just gonna say we joked a minute ago about talking about mermaid souls not being dwelt upon. Actually, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there is some element to it, but I don't know. Like, 
like biologically flora fauna wise is that supposed to be some type of actual extant sea creature i don't think so or or sea i mean they look like they have roots yeah yeah so it's a mix of flora and fauna right you know, yeah like you, you got the the human well the mermish uh you know souls transformed into the the into this stuff well, yeah this weird yeah. which face. Is, it's really not clear what they are like they're a really gross color yeah um they have they, they weird faces kind of melted uh-huh. and, yeah semi-solid but um but i was just gonna say there are movies where there's a villain problem and part of the villain problem is often like you never really establish that they're a villain they just say or you're told this is the bad guy with Ursula, immediately, like, the second you know, she keeps that garden. Before we even realize I mean, what... I the second time we've yeah, seen her. But before we even know what the garden is, yes, right? which we get in, in the In song. Poor Unfortunate Souls. But just knowing that that's oh, something yeah, she souls. keeps... Yeah. Poor Unfortunate Souls. Yeah. There it is. Mermaid uh, Souls. Right in the song. Right. But how does that become that thing? I don't know. Right. But, but knowing that she is the kind of person who keeps that as a garden, you're like, she's bad. Yeah. <laughs> she's villainous. I mean, but, like, so far we've seen her eat... A living krill, maybe, or prawn or something with eyes. It was kind of an upsetting moment. Um, <laughs> and then you see her displaying a, a, like, the character trait is like, I am wasting away. And she's like, she is not. She is most definitely not. <laughs> so she's self-absorbed in, in some of those ways and bitter about things. Like, she has a, a host of negative characteristics that are quickly established and and they have spent less than two full minutes on her in this entire film so far. And you already know all of that negative stuff about her. So yes. they did a, an amazing job establishing her her villainy and reputation. Were you going to say something? I was going to say, it's not just like fantastic voice acting. Yes, good dialogue that she's given to deliver that explains a lot of these. But the character design on her is pretty amazing, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was based off of a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Divine. Divine. And... and like, but then from there, they did, uh, you know, I'm sure Divine doesn't just exude <laughs> in the way Ursula does. Right. So they certainly did, right. you know, plenty of other work. In this in this sequence, her hair is not quite as on point as it usually is. I don't know if it's... Be- it, I, I should have looked up what her ma- who her main animator was. But I do know that in this sequence, it was Kathy Zelensky who animated Ursula. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so it, it's possible it could that be intentional. Could, it could be intentional. It's possible it's because it's a different animator. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But with going back to the garden, I mean, it's good animation. Like, oh. we're not questioning like the animation, which is like, no, oh, it's her just, hair's her, a little her different, different. So we don't know if that's an intentional it's thing, not but spiked up. But her, like, her presence on screen is in no way less than it is in any other sequence. Like, the, the animation is great. She she flops herself around dramatically. Yes. Like, so much dramatic flair. And, like, and then she talks, you know, out the side of her mouth. She's just talking to herself mm-hmm. right now. But she, you know, she does all of this monologuing with so much flair and energy and... and um, finesse. Finesse. I, I want to say verve is another word I want to use, but I don't know if that's the right one. But, like... She has, she's got it, whatever it is. <laughs> right. She, she has that it. Yeah. <laughs> but with going back to the garden, I'm just going to spoil it for the listeners. They're trapped mermaids. And here's why I'm going to spoil it. Because around this time, there was a deleted scene in this sequence or in this, er, around the, this moment in, 
in the film. I don't know exactly where it was placed, but this seems like the perfect place to to mention it. Okay. There was a, a merman named Harold who was nerdy and had like glasses and was not and was kind of scrawny. This is not to be confused with Harold the Herald the Seahorse. Correct. Hold on. Pause. Harold the Herald. Well, okay. Well, so he Kester, doesn't actually Kester have a refer name. to him as Harold, meaning <laughs> meaning an, one an who heralds an entrance. Yeah, yes. announcer. He he's the little seahorse that announces. And then he became Harold. And then <laughs> and I then he... I heard, oh, his name is Harold, <laughs> and he's the Herald. What? And then his, I was like, oh, his name is not Harold. Just, Andrew just calls just him Harold. So that's Harold. that's how so we're Harold the Herald the seahorse. <laughs> I like your head cannon. Okay. <laughs> I like Harold a lot. But anyway, this we is have the a merman, character, a character Harold. named Harold. Yes, who was scrawny, ha- was ner- was described as nerdy. Poor unfortunate souls. Possibly. Okay, that's because kind of the leftovers. He wanted this. He wanted. He went to Ursula for strength to impress women. That's what so. is yeah. animated right. in Poor Unfortunate right. Souls, right? I don't know if it's. I'd, I'd have. I have a picture of him somewhere. I'd have to look it back up and then compare it to the. Poor Unfortunate Souls Right, but it's like the leftover of that story beat. Right. And the reason... And Ursula, for for those listeners who have not seen this film and are listening (laughs) to this this podcast... It can't be any, right? (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to think if I've listened to any Movies by Minutes podcasts for a film I didn't see. And probably not. It's just like the thing that always comes up on commentary. It's like, if you're watching this, this is the first time you're watching this, like... Stop Stop listening to this commentary. And go back. <laughs> Except times ten. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, so, Ursula, when when sh- someone comes to her asking for something, she has a, she requires a price of some kind. And for Harold, it was a fresh water lily. But she w- tricked him because he didn't know that there were no fresh water lilies around because of the season at the time. And so he... He searched for, I think he had like two days to search for, to get a fresh water lily. And he came back and, uh, without a fresh water lily and she turned him into whatever that thing is. I think we need to name those. Um, give me a minute. Something with soul. Soul. Soul slimes. Soul. Hmm. Oh. Soul slugs? Soul slugs. Soul slugs. We'll take it. Okay. Soul but, slugs. But this, yes. So he was turned into a soul slug. But. Uh, with the, roots. The, with roots, <laughs> yes. Um, it's not perfect. <laughs> but the, the. Soul stem? It's like slow. Soul, soul slug, slug is, is slug strong slug. enough, yeah. But this whole sequence or scene was cut because the movie was too long. And I At 80 minutes? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were working on another draft, and and they said it's it's too long right now. And then they cut other scenes again mm-hmm. later, and they're like, "Now it's done to eighty. That's fine. We don't need to add in anything right. really otherwise cut." I I also think they would break up the pacing. Yeah, could have just been the pacing's a good clip at this point where mm-hmm. they spend forty seconds with Ursula here and then jump back into other story. Yeah, I was gonna say with Ursula, um, as far as her character design, I love it when. Um, I notice this that happens so often in comic books, but I also see it here where 
In comic books, the heroes often are wearing primary colors and the villains are wearing secondary or tertiary colors. Mm-hmm. And Ursula is purple. Yes. And Ariel However, wears Ariel, a lot of red. But then but blue green, is... Green and purple. But a lot of blue when she's human, right? The, uh, the dress. Yes. Yeah. She's At blue. that point. She has a pink dress. Mm-hmm. She has... Yeah. Um, but they still... Um, also, like, the... Not just the, the color itself, but the qualities of the colors that oh, yeah. they use uh-huh. definitely denote, denote villainy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Move on from Ursula? If we must. Unfortunately, that's all you're going to get of her, Joseph. I know. Other oh, people I was... will get quite a bit. So you told me what minutes I had. I'm like, is there anything else to be there? But I actually have, like, all the side characters, uh, pretty yeah, much. You get, you get side characters, you get comic characters. relief. Yeah, I get Ursula. I mean, you get... I think every... I get the reprise oh, of one of the... Every, almost every name. The reprise of one of the, uh, the the great songs. And, spoiler for a few episodes from now, I get the beginning of another great song. Yeah, so... It, it, it was actually... And they, they just move into these songs at a really good clip. Yeah, everything happens at a pretty good clip in this movie. Um, Even as we say that, we are about, what, halfway through the movie? Not no, quite. No, not halfway. I guess a third of the way through the movie. By the end of this week, we are 30 minutes into an 80-minute film. Okay. And there's still no sign of her getting legs yet. Yeah. Like, which... <laughs> like, the inciting incident, I would say, is her getting legs. And that has not occurred. Yeah. So, unless you say the, the shipwreck is the inciting incident, but... Or... But in the musical, all of first act, of act one is is her as a mermaid and yeah. then act, at the end of act one, she turns so, into a So, human. turning into a human is the halfway point. You've seen the musical then, right? Yes. How do they do the mermaid movements on stage? They what do you mean? Use, they usually like, use, like, like, how do they sw- how, like how does she get from one side of the stage to the other when her legs she, are wrapped in a... Okay, so the costumes are a little weird, and I don't like the mermaid costumes, and I'll show you. With, for the Broadway for, yes. version, where they they kind of have, like, the... We'll, we'll show you between minutes. But oh, they yeah. kind of have, like, these extended tails behind them, and they use heelys. Yes. Those, those so like roller shoes, skates kind shoes of... that have the heel oh. the heel wheels. Okay. And then, so they can they can kind of run and then glide most of the way across. So the they, they, they do, you see them stepping and then suddenly they're gliding. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure it's more graceful than how I've just described it. With Flounder, Flounder, he he really has pants and, um, and you see him running and, and gliding. But with the mermaids, it's the, their feet are, or their legs are a lot closer together rather than pants. So they're just kind of so, like pushing off. And I wonder if like, there's any uh, effort at this point to use hoverboards. That <laughs> flatter little hoverboard. Just, that would be a very interesting, dangerous version of it. <laughs> yes. Um, but possibly. But yeah, so. Up in in the Broadway musical, Act One, she's a mermaid. Act Two, she's human. Mm-hmm. And in this film, about halfway is is right. when she becomes human, which is a kind of a striking opposite to Snow White, which by fifteen minutes in, she had been chased into the forest. Right. Yeah. And and like by five minutes in, the queen wanted her dead. <laughs> so right. in this one, like we spent a lot of time building up to kind of the the main incidents. Um, and the main interactions with with villain and and hero, mm-hmm. and then Snow White was right away. So it's it, it's interesting how that's different. Moving on from Ursula, sadly, sadly, until next time, sometime. Yeah, like, next next week she'll reappear week? in this film. I don't or know. Is it two she weeks? might not reappear next week, but we get a lot of her 
Soon. After next week. Because you got Soon. Poor Unfortunate Souls coming. Which is, which is about a six minute performance altogether with a little break in the middle of the song, but the song itself is like four and a half minutes. Yes. Yeah. We, in this minute, we move on to the sisters. So there's, there's a, there's a shot of, of like a... What is that room? I don't know. Because it's not their bedroom. We know what their bedroom is. And it's kind of like a bathroom, but not really. Okay, well, okay, so... Like, so they so, have, like, vanity kind of... So here's a question sets. number one. Do mermaids Ariel... need bathrooms? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not question number one, and it may have been touched on previously. Um, Ariel is behind a seaweed curtain of some kind, and Andrina, right? Andrina? Yes, it was Andrina. Andrina says, Ariel, you've got to come out. You've been in there for... All morning. All morning. Is that the shower? Where, where was she? Is that, is that the shower? Is that the shower? Is that the bathroom? Is there a... Because there's only one of the one of that unit for the entire uh, seven sisters chamber. For the seven sisters to use. Yes. And they're all teenagers, right? So it's... Well, well no. kind of thing. No? One's 20s? The, the two of them should be older. There, there's... Uh, so, so there's seven there, sisters. There's seven sisters, and they're all one... Year apart. One year apart, and yeah. Ariel's the youngest at 16. Okay, so they So the know. oldest is 22. So they could have, they were all teenagers at one point, but yes. now. Yes, barely. Um, but yeah, so we don't know what that enclosure was that she was in, but the way they're treating it is as though it were the shower. Which I jokingly said, do mermaids need to use the bathroom because yeah. obviously you don't want to cover that on this podcast. But then, do they need to shower when they're swimming through what? Like, what would. And like, like warm water again, something warm to drink. Just like Sebastian said earlier, like what? I don't what, know. Like we don't maybe, some maybe magma, have, some hot vents or, are happening but, around there. And, or it's like a it's like a scrub zone where it, you do it's like a like a sponge bath sort yeah. of thing. You 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 pumice your maybe your elbows um, but, near some warm vents or something. But then they have the vanity and they're working on their hair, so it makes me think so it's, it's like like a hair kind of place. I don't it's, know. It's definitely the 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 makeup zone, right? The hair and makeup right. environment. But right before you zoom or. Right before you get into the room, mm-hmm. there's a like establishing a, shot. Establishing shot from outside of Atlantica, and there are fish that swim by. Pause. Atlantica is the name of the city. Yes, yes. I didn't know this. It is not named in the in the film. film. It's, in it's in this the TV series, series and, the and, the, uh, and the other films. I need to see this TV series you guys are referencing left and right. <laughs> <laughs> or do I? You Maybe don't not necessarily. <laughs> no. <laughs> So it's not Atlantis, it's Atlantica. Atlantica. Okay. Uh, there are fish that swim by, and I was listening to the auto, audio commentary, and those fish are one of the few things that was computer animated. Oh. So I wanted to mention that. Fully. Yes. So they layered those fish in, those fish were created in a digital thing and put in. Yes. Completely digitally. Nice. And this was 89? Yes. 89. So uh, very early computer yeah. mm-hmm. stuff, but they... They put it in nicely, and I think they make it work every time it's in there. Yep, I agree. I, I don't notice it. It doesn't take me out. But then we get into the The room. sisters. Okay. The sisters. So, Joseph, there are seven of these sisters. We are from a family of seven kids. Yes. So. So, in comparison, you would be Ariel? I would be the Ariel. <laughs> yes, and we've always said that about you. Uh, obviously. <laughs> Such my, an Ariel my, of my the family. beautiful singing voice. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my obsession with the human world. Your flowing hair. <laughs> you, you being you're, you're, very not obedient. My, my disobedience. Your, your hoarded collection of trash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Actually, she has a lot of clocks and a lot of globes and maps, so that's not too far off. The pocket watches in particular. <laughs> 
But you don't keep around for forks with bent tines. <laughs> now, no. now, listeners, well, that actually might have been a an intentional type of fork, like a shrimp fork mm-hmm. has has yes. a bent tines. Oh, okay. possible. Anyway, but listeners, it, Andrew is not, not Ariel. He is nowhere. <laughs> so, it near comparison. In the ancillary materials, we have two options for the order of these siblings. I do not think that strikes me as accurate. Um, in part because I'm the youngest son, I do, don't think that I'm an Ariel. But if I were to order these siblings uh, the way I want to order them, it is contrary to either of the existing uh, orders. So this is about like the the order of siblings oldest to youngest, middle, ch- you know, all, yes. all the blends that we see in personalities. Yes. So one one is going off of the the way that they sing the song, sing the song "Daughters of Triton." Okay, and the order that they sing which, their names, which, in. which I never, I don't think I even knew. I don't remember that song having names ever. Like, it's 40 I, seconds. I, I don't even remember the song. I don't remember the names at all. And then you started to list the names off at me. I'm like, I don't know who's who. It, it's know. 40 but, seconds long. It's a very small song. But then in the prequel, which came out in like 2008, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, going back to the Little Mermaid well like 20 years later well, for a prequel. For, for directed DVD releases. Sure. Yeah. Come so on, it was Disney. a prequel. You're better than that, Disney. <laughs> and in the TV series, I think they... they they name them in a different order. There's wonderful pages online that detail their characteristics and, and what we know about these sisters. What percentage of Americans do you think could name the Seven Sisters? Very few. I'm going to guess less than 1%. Uh, of Americans total? Yeah. It I know there are Disney fanatics, but yes, to be that I'm level... Just, like, like this I can. Intense, it, I, see, can. I see you raising your head very proudly. <laughs> I think it's, it's also a cross-section of Disney fanatics who are also... Musically inclined because they would have been especially familiar with either that song or the expanded version from the Broadway musical. But so if I were going to number them in order, um, and in part based on on this scene, because Andrina has a very maternal attitude towards Ariel. You mean? Oh, yeah. Yes, Andrina. Andrina, Because she's the one that says, you've been in there all morning. She doesn't say it harshly as an antagonistic sister. She's like, what's going on? So you're putting her as the oldest. I'm putting her as the second oldest. Because I put Atina, who is... um, the one with the spiky head dressing. Okay, next minute I want to talk about their hairdos a little. That's, that'll be fine. Um, so, Atina has the spiky head dressing, and she strikes me as the oldest. Her hairstyle in particular is like, that's the one who finished college. She has a shell coming out of her head. But it's it's like, it's a spiky <laughs> crown-like... It is a thorny orange crown. Hey, wait, save it for tomorrow. I'm yeah. sorry. So, um, I would say that's also indicating, like, hierarchy to the throne. The most crown-like. Oh, crown-like. Okay. I, um, I will see that point. Yes. Seeing the sticks coming out of her head as no, I, college graduate, I was confused. No, 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 no. no, no. Her, her hair, aside from that. Okay. Um, okay. Strikes me as, like, I finished my wild stuff. And, and so I would say, you know, towards her mid-twenties. Her hair is in an updo. And then Andrina, uh, the blonde one who's speaking to Ariel in this minute, uh, seems to be very maternal. I can see that as a second child who was maybe a little more responsible than the eldest child, and took more care of the younger siblings. Um, then Aquata, who is also in this minute, she's the blue one, uh, also has a an updo. She's got a ponytail. It's like it's someone who's like in college. She's doing the ponytail to keep it out of her way while she's studying the books. That sort of thing. Then I would Does Atlantica put, have college? I don't know. Because it does in your world. You're a headcanon of these sisters right now that you're describing. Well, or just, like, the way I picture depictions of girls of certain ages in the 90s and... The 80s and 90s. Like, okay. That's what I imagine. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the sweatshirt and, and yeah. hair pulled back because it's study time kind of look. 
Um, then I put Alana, who we don't see in this minute. She's the one that's usually in um, purple. She's got the darkest hair. And she's shy. She's middle, middle, middle child. Shyness. I'm the middle child. I know. That one doesn't track perfectly. <laughs> but that is how I've tracked her. She also isn't seen on screen when her name is said in the opening song. So she really gets short shrift in this movie. Mm. Uh, Adela is in this minute. She is the yellow one. Um, she just seems like younger and kind of aloof. She doesn't seem to want to get involved. She's the farthest, I mean, she's the farthest left on the screen. So she is physically removed from the others um, by presence. So it would suit her that she is in age separated from all these other ones, but also it strikes me that her attitude would be like in that position. Arista is the other blonde one. Also not in this minute. She and Ariel have the most conflict. So I, I naturally want to put them most adjacent. Is she the one that had that, that whole episode? Yes. She Uh, is the uh, one that where she and Ariel had an episode together where Arista was like, upset about Ariel. So I'm like, oh, she was the youngest, and then Ariel took that from her, and Ariel's definitely the favorite, so that's a problem when you're next to the favorite. Is Ariel the favorite? I'm not getting that from this movie. She's, she's the favorite. She's pretty definitely the favorite. Okay. They they had a whole concert for her debut. That's true. And she missed it. But it was just a quinceanera situation. I mean, he gets, he gets <laughs> well, upset with her, but like... He he goes real easy on her, and and if you and, watch the the, I mean, she he doesn't go so easy on her later. But okay, the first because I was like, she does not have a healthy like, relationship with her like, father. Um, so, <laughs> but he if you she look also at the like last like yesterday was when she went to the surface to talk to the seagull, and he yelled at her, and now, uh, uh, like seventy five percent of a day later, it's morning, and she puts a flower in his hair. And is humming to herself. And he's totally pleased. No residual, like, weren't you grounded kind of thing. And in there's an episode of the TV series where he's turned back into a little boy. A he little, has red hair. He has red hair and he is adventurous and, like, out there. And he, rep, he like, their personalities are very similar. Right. Mm-hmm. In that way. Yeah. So we watched a third of this TV series so far. How many episodes are there? About 30. And she has a pet killer whale. In one of them. Named Spot. Anyway. I have no opinion on the Order of the Sisters because I didn't know they had any personalities. <laughs> they have very specific personalities. Yes, I know. No, the, I believe it. I just, on the I, internet. I could not have named any of those. Well, know. now you know that it, in my order, Atina, Andrina, Aquata, Alana, Adela, Arista, and Ariel. In the and, song? In the song? Okay. Aquata, Andrina, Arista, Atina, Adela, Alana, and Ariel. Is it possible to do it alphabetically and have Ariel last? No, there's an Atina. Yeah. And a, <laughs> and a, and a it would be helpful. And it would be helpful if it was just alphabetical. After. It's not. It's not. No. Okay. Um, but we already discussed how they're each associated with one of the seven seas. Oh. Yes. So that was nice. Yes. Oh, their mom was Athena. Not, okay. not the Athena. Her right. name was Athena. Yes. Her name is Athena. There's definitely... And her dad is Triton, right? That's yes. his official name. Does he, have- he is the son of Poseidon. Poseidon. So she and Hercules would be uh, first cousins once removed. Aren't all the demigods? <laughs> Just <kidding>. Well, <laughs> some, sometimes in more than one way. Yes. But, uh... I've just been 
had an information dump of more knowledge <laughs> about these six sisters. Like, <laughs> I knew about Ariel. Existed. Yeah, but then I, then that I knew was out there. You see these pages? That's it's all the sisters. All the sisters. So all a lot of people sisters. have done deep dives on these sisters. Yes. Uh, in regards to, we were kind of trying to figure out if they were alpha. You were mm-hmm. trying to yeah. figure out if it was alphabetical or not. They're not alphabetical, but Ariel is has been was specifically made to be distinguished from her sisters in many different ways. One, her red hair. Right. Right. Stands out. Right. <laughs> Two, her her seashell top is a different color from altogether her... from her from her tail. Her tail. Yes. Everyone else has a matchy matchy. Yeah. It, it might not be the exact like same shade, uh-huh. but they're the same color. Uh, and also her, she also wears her hair down, whereas the other sisters usually have it up they or have, have something. something in their hair. Mm-hmm. And also her name is the only one that does not end in an A. Name them one more time for me. Aquata, Andrina, Arista, Atina, Adela, Alana, and Ariel. Lothurica Joe, I think that was her memory. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I could not do that. It wasn't in any of the particular orders, I think, so I... I'm sure it must have been memory. But, um, yeah, so we only see four of her. She's missing two of her sisters throughout this minute. And I don't know if we really see them until until the end. Until the very end. No, we don't see the sisters until the very, very end. I am I am actually very glad that they fleshed out their characters mm-hmm. um, in, in ancillary materials. That's, that's the kind of expanded universe that really makes these minutes yeah, the, enjoyable. Yeah, a minute-by-minute podcast needs that, that depth. That expand, like, expansion, even if it's a stretch. I mean, like... Indiana Jones minute. They've got like young Indiana Jones chronicles and some comic books and stuff. So it's like, you know, when you have something to dig into, it makes it really a lot more fun. We could probably have a long episode just going through the sisters and what the internet says about their personality and what their hobbies are and everything. But <laughs> so much it's, information. Yeah, a little crazy. I mean, let, let the record show that we are going to record probably 40 hours of discussion of this film or more. And we will not really be done <laughs> yes like there there you could have discussed more i mean even with our 40 hours of recording snow, snow white, white there, there were things i forgot there are things <laughs> that we forgot to mention or the th- there are things that were like oh yeah looking back on it was like we didn't even talk about that right or we didn't there's probably stuff i'm like that. did we talk about that i really can't remember <laughs> it's a blur yeah there's <laughs> some of that <laughs> yeah. but uh i did want to mention that in the audio commentary that the direct writer and director and Alan Menken, they they all said that this scene was originally supposed to be longer, and and the sisters' hair was supposed to be done by fishes rather than by themselves, and like they were supposed to be. It was going to be like a whole thing. Yes, that would have been cool. Yeah, maybe in the live action. That's all we have for you today, listeners. We are part of Dueling Genre. You can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. There you will also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all Dueling Genre productions. We are on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society, or Damsel's Group. Our guest can be found. I just recommend going and finding the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character and a great story. Until next time, listeners, thank you for making us part of your life.